Hey guys, it's Shawnee and welcome back to Lawless Scotland. Today I found something that I was I was completely not looking for this case at all. I actually had no idea it even existed, in all honesty. I was doing research for an upcoming episode and I think I've already put a spoiler out there already. So World's End is your clue. And it will be an upcoming episode in the next couple of weeks. So I was doing research for this episode. And I thought... And I came across this wee guy called Wee Eddie. And I just thought, we have to do a full episode on what happened to him. I had no idea this guy even existed. And it's just a bit crazy. And then that led me down a rabbit hole of, I found this police officer that was from Dumbarton and he was involved in like pretty much every high media, like massive murder case around the 70s, like throughout his career from then. And I thought this is another episode. So yeah, I've just kind of snowballed and now I've got about three episodes out of just trying to research one episode, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, enough chatter from me, and let's get into the mysterious murder of the Glasgow porn king, Eddie Cotogino. Eddie was known around town as Wee Eddie, therefore we shall call him Wee Eddie. So, Wee Eddie lived in Valeview Terrace in Dumbarton, he was 63. Many described him as a wee old man, really nice, never got in any trouble, a really quiet neighbour, nothing weird there about wee Eddie or anything like that. Just a nice wee old man. Or maybe not. Because what a lot of people didn't know was that wee Eddie was down the barris on his bric-a-brac stall selling his wares and tears and if you gave him a wee nod and asked for something under the counter you probably find Glasgow's biggest porn stash and be able to buy a couple of pictures for a wee bob or two off a wee Eddie because you see he was a pornographer. Wee Eddie used to get a lot of female visitors in and out of his house but it was the 1970s and it was a liberating time And neighbours didn't think too much about it. They didn't think into it very much. But little did they know, he was snapping away, taking all sorts of pornographic pictures and even dabbled in some adult films. His range was said to be from the pretty innocent to the most obscene, but never children. Eddie had rules about that kind of thing and he was pretty strict on the fact that it was just like adult harmless fun all above board legal in this day and age kind of sense you know so he had a few jobs Eddie did he was quite a busy guy for being like 63 he was an optical technician he was on his bric-a-brac stall in the barris and he was also a distillery security guard as well He lived alone and he was in and out of his place at odd hours all the time with the shifts that he worked as a security guard as well. And like I said before, he received quite a lot of female visitors 
most of them local, some even married. But he also had another visitor that came quite often as well. A small, wiry man with big hands was described as visiting Eddie quite often. We Eddie never introduced him to his neighbours though, so they never knew who he actually was, but they would overhear We Eddie calling him Gus. Gus wasn't that sociable, and the most he would ever offer people was a nod when he was going round to We Eddie's, but was described as barely ever smiling. He was quite sober and didn't bring problems to the neighbours or anything, so they weren't very concerned at all about that regular visitor in their neighbourhood. To all accounts from all witnesses, the both men seemed pretty harmless. We Eddie was one of the main porn distributors in Glasgow in the 1970s, So for those who wanted blue pictures, the only way to buy them was for a hefty price from an illegal dealer. Eddie doesn't bother with glossy porn mags from Amsterdam. He took his own pictures of local women. Now whether or not these women actually knew that the pictures that he was taking for them were then being distributed to the men of Glasgow via the Barris, but... I'm pretty sure probably some of them knew, you know. But we'll get into how he managed to convince so many women to strip off and let him take pictures of them anyway. Because again, this was all above board and it wasn't... um, Well, I say it was above board. Obviously, at the time, it wasn't necessarily 100% legal to be distributing pictures of the pornographic nature. But... In the sense of it was all 100% consensual pictures that Eddie would take. Also, I actually am just thinking there right now, a lot of people won't know what I'm talking about when I say the Barris. And obviously if you're from Glasgow or Scotland, you'll 100% know what I'm talking about. But the Barris is like an outdoor market in Glasgow. It's really, really famous. It's been about for, well, years and years and years, 19 Candine. And, I mean, we used to go when we were young, obviously, I used to stay in Glasgow, and it would be like a trip out at the weekend, you could get your dodgy DVDs there, copyright, you know, Um, so like the latest film you would go. I remember one time, and I know this is taking a tangent, but I just want to like tell you a bit about the kind of life that Eddie was leading, you know. So one time we went to the Barris. We were looking at this stall that had loads of DVDs and stuff out. Obviously, they're all copies, they're new films, blah de blah And then, all of a sudden, the guy just, like, grabs the sheet, because the DVDs were all laid out on, like, a bed sheet on a table. Just, like, grabs the corners of the sheets, like, throws the thing over his back and, like, bolts. And I was just, like, a little kid, like, oh my god, what's happening? I just wanted to buy that DVD. Mum was like, just keep walking, just keep walking. It's because the police had just, like, walked around the corner, so obviously what they were doing was illegal. So one of their little spotters up the top of the street had gave them the wave to say, right, the police are coming round the corner. He's grabbed his bed sheet with all his DVDs and done a bolt round the corner to wait until the police have passed to then come back and lay out his bed sheet again, and then I finally got my DVD. So I was pretty happy about that and then, but yeah. 
Also, I remember going down the bar is quite a lot. So my dad um, works as a swimming pool engineer and quite often his tools would get stolen from his van. So a lot of times we'd be down the barris and he'd be like looking for his tools because anywhere that things get stolen, the place to sell them would be down the barris. So even though like half of the barris was legit and it was like just like a wee outdoor market, it was the black market, you know? So... Yeah, but I'm pretty sure one time he did actually find his tools or like a one power tool that was his. So I digress, but this is the life that Eddie was living. That's the picture that I'm trying to paint you, you know. So this guy was like involved in like this wee underground black market that was going on at the Barris at the time. We Eddie had been a keen photographer for years and years. He'd been taking portrait photos of babies um, kids on their first communion, an occasional wedding or two. He, he was quite into it as like his hobby. So as well as his three jobs, he would also take on little odd jobs as a photographer as well. He had his own processing darkroom at his home. So this allowed him to do everything that he needed to do with any like outdoor, not outdoor, <laughs> any outside influence, you know, like having to go and process the photos somewhere and then possibly getting caught. So no one was any of the wiser, basically. Whether or not it was his idea or Gussie's idea, no one knows. But we Eddie produced a stream of new porn every single week and even the occasional blue film. Eddie's models were real women. He, vocal ladies, married women, daughters single women like it was just constant women chasing fame you know like just diverse it was as well but again just real women just your everyday average woman but how did he convince so many to pose naked and some even to have sex with a stranger to be photographed or filmed who knows what i do know is that some were approaching him for glamour shots hoping to break into the modeling world eddie had managed to persuade some of them to take bigger risks with the glamour shots that they were wanting to take in order to help them with their career he would show them pictures of marilyn monroe in black and white before she became famous pretty much willing to do anything to get a break Gus was a dab hand at drawing others into their net. He would go out, troll the streets for sex workers and would pay them a little bit for some pornographic pictures. But they soon changed their demographic from that because obviously he would have to pay. Whereas with like the girls chasing fame or the average women, sometimes they would even pay Eddie. Other times people just done it because that's what they felt like they wanted to do. And fair enough, each to their own. So Gus would troll pubs in the East End and rougher parts of the city. However he managed to do it, somehow he did. He managed to bring at least two to three women a week back to Eddie's house for him to shoot. Housewives, factory workers, shop assistants, married women, daughters, daughters still living with parents, even some grannies. No doubt both men were properly enjoying their work at this time. It was even said that sometimes they got bonuses of sex with the models. So it was a pretty successful setup for the pair. But then on the 30th of July 1979, things take a turn. 
A policeman on his beat on Eddie Street noticed smoke coming from a top floor flat. He rushed up the stairs and managed to force his way in and called for the fire brigade. He learned from the neighbours that it was wee Eddie's flat and that he hadn't been seen all day but that wasn't unusual obviously because we know that Eddie works like a million jobs and also did crazy hours as the security guard so the neighbours know this as well. The flat was empty as the police officer made his way from room to room checking to make sure he wasn't in the flat. The smoke was getting worse and worse and he was about to leave and let the firefighters do their job when he spotted that the trap door to the attic was actually opened. He decided to go up and have a look just to make sure because obviously someone's trap door to the attic isn't generally left opened ever so it's it's a bit strange and this is what this police officer thinks as well so he's away up to check and there on a blood-soaked mattress lay the battered body of wee Eddie and on top of him and scattered around his body was hundreds and hundreds of pornographic naked photos of women the photos that wee Eddie had snapped himself it's pretty likely that the killer used a hammer or something similar to beat him to death, though no murder weapon was ever re- recovered. The fire had been put down as arson by the fire brigade and they had ruled that it had been started an attempt to hide the murder to obviously destroy any evidence and destroy Beady's body. But the killer hadn't anticipated the local police officer passing by and raising the alarm before the fire had done too much damage to the flat. The fire was extinguished really quickly, so there was pretty much minimum damage done to the flat. So, you know, I'm pretty sure whoever killed Wee Eddie was thinking that they were being so smart by setting this fire and his body would probably never be discovered, or if it was discovered it would make the process longer than identifying them or remove any evidence, basically giving them the chance to get away scot-free, you know? But who killed Wee Eddie and why? Because at this point, we don't know that he has done anything wrong, really, apart from taking the odd, or not really the odd, like hundreds of um, consensual pornographic photos and the odd film, there's not really much else that Eddie gets up to that would cause alarm or think, mm, yeah, well, he was he was mixed up with something bad, so he, he got killed for it or whatever, you know? So we'll go back to the morning of Wee Eddie's death. He had told relatives in the morning that he was meeting a friend later that day, but didn't give them any details of who or what or when. And that's pretty much all we know about what Eddie was going to be up to that specific day. Had he been having an affair, maybe, with one of the women that he'd been photographing? Maybe she was married and it was an irate husband that had found out about the pictures or a possible affair? Had he upset somebody at his job as a security guard? Maybe somebody had found out about his side hustle with the photos, like a husband or a father or someone that just didn't like what he was doing. One popular theory of who killed Wee Eddie was Gus. And Gus was actually notorious killer Angus Sinclair, who led us to this whole episode. 
Angus Sinclair, I'm not going to go into too much detail because we've got a whole episode on that creature coming in the future. But just know that he was an arsehole. And we Eddie, from what I could find out, was not an arsehole. He was just a quite nice old man with a bit of a dirty hobby, you know? But Angus Sinclair, Gus, was a wrongin', and you'll find that out very soon, I promise. So a lot of people believed that Gus and Eddie had a fallen out, all over the fact that Eddie was refusing to show him how to process pictures in colour. He had previously taught him how to do it in black and white, and Gus was very involved in the process that Eddie would do with photographing and things like that, and he would give him tidbits on how to do this, that, and the next thing. But when it came to processing pictures in colour, Eddie was quite protective over how to do that and he didn't just want to give away all the secrets to Gus for him to potentially go off and start his own side hustle and undercut Eddie, you know? You're not going to give away the trade secrets. But was that what they actually fell out about is what I questioned because Angus Sinclair was, like I've said before, just a dirty human being and did Eddie find out about this? And Eddie had his rules. We know Eddie had his rules about who he pictured and things like that. Did Eddie find out something a bit sinister about Gus? Did Eddie find out that Gus was a monster? A few months before we Eddie's death in Springburn in Glasgow, November 1978, Sinclair raped and murdered a 17-year-old girl. Had Eddie discovered Sinclair's secret was he killed by Sinclair to silence him it's the most popular theory but there's little evidence especially at the time in the 1970s forensic weren't what they are today you know Eddie's murder case unfortunately quickly went cold and even to this day it is an unsolved murder It's really unfortunate, obviously, anyone that is killed and then we can't have a resolution to what happened to them or why it happened to them. All we have is speculation. I don't really want to say too much about Gus, Angus and Claire because it'll give away way too much to our next episode. But I think, like, looking into it, there is only two possibilities, really. It's gonna be... Either Gus, because Eddie found out about what he was up to and he doesn't agree with, like, going anywhere near under 18s. When I was looking up this research for this, every article, anything that I could find was, like, really insistent that Eddie was, like, 100% legit in the women that he photographed or was involved in and that they weren't underage. Now, he didn't have too many morals about what they were like after that, you know, like married women and things like this. But, mm, yeah, you know, it's it's a hard one. I don't think they fell out over coloured pictures. Or maybe they did have an argument over that 
well, it was said that they fell out over that. So possibly what I think could have happened if this theory was correct is they've had an argument over Eddie not willing to teach him the coloured picture scenario. Fine, fair enough. Friends fall out all the time over silly things like that. You ain't gonna kill somebody because they're not wanting to teach you how to do something. My friend's a hairdresser. If I, I wouldn't fall out with her because she didn't teach me how to balayage my hair, you would maybe have a row about it. I mean, I wouldn't, but you know, you would maybe have a row about it, but you're not going to kill someone because of that. That seems extreme, you know? Especially when Eddie wasn't Sinclair's demographic for his nasty getting up to's, you know? I think it's more likely that if it was Sinclair, that Eddie found out something that he shouldn't have found out and he wasn't happy about it. And they had already fell out because of the coloured pictures. And maybe that's what happened. The other theory that's most likely is that a husband found out about what Eddie was getting up to. Maybe a friend bought one of the pictures, realised it was his friend's wife, showed him the picture. He's got really angry, went round to Eddie's house, hit him on the head with a hammer, bet him up or bet him up a bit hit him on the head with a hammer, probably killed him without meaning to kill him, or maybe killed him in cold blood, and then dragged his body upstairs and set fire to the house to try and like get rid of the evidence. It's weird that the pictures were like scattered over his dead body. That in some way insinuates that it was something to do with the pictures, you know? But then it could also be a cover-up by Angus. Like, if, oh, if the body was discovered, then at least if I, like, scatter these pictures, somebody might buy into the theory that it was, like, an irate husband or something. I don't know. You could literally talk about it for hours and go round and round in circles about what you think happened to Eddie. But at the end of the day, it's an unsolved murder. There's no evidence that points directly to one person or the other. They never found the murder weapon forensics back then were basically non-existent all we have is speculation so let me know what you guys think who do you think killed we eddie do you think it was an irate husband do you think it was someone that didn't like what he was doing with the porn industry and decided that they wanted it to stop in their area do you think it was a competitor someone else coming up new in the ranks in the porn industry in glasgow and wanted to get rid of the competition or do you think it was Gus, Angus Sinclair, the absolute monster that he was? Which, again, we will get into. Let me know what you think on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. Let me know. But basically, we'll probably never know who killed We Eddie, the porn king of Glasgow. But we can speculate. So that's it, basically. It's a a short and sweet one today guys because it's unsolved and there's not much else we can talk about but just know that the Angus Sinclair um World's End Murders episode will be up a couple of weeks after this one because there's a load more information to this one yeah it'll be linked to this and then I will also do an episode on the police officer that was involved in Angus Sinclair's He was involved in so many, like, crazy murders and high-profile murders at the time. And that just sent me down a rabbit hole of, like, loads of future episodes. So, yeah, we'll have, like, 
a wee running theme for a while of episodes, which is pretty cool. I've decided that occasionally I will throw in a wee spicy international case. And I'm not going to do like your Jean Benet Ramsey or Charles Manson and things like that. I'm going to try and pick ones that either I can't find a podcast on or there's like limited podcasts but the the story is so good that I want to cover it. I know two that I want to do already because I just discovered these one night when I've been up like total insomnia, I can't sleep and then I just like research all night and I get lost down rabbit holes on the internet. If anyone looked at my search history they would like seriously question my mental stability but you know, as soon as you tell somebody you do a true crime podcast, it's all good. Like, they understand, so it's fine. But yeah, so the first international case will be on Thailand because that is, like, my heart, my soul. I love Thailand. It's, like, one of my favourite places in the whole world. I've been to Thailand multiple times with my boyfriend. We absolutely adore it there. Any chance I get to go to Thailand, I am out of here. It's such a beautiful country. The people are amazing. They are just so lovely and kind and they call Thailand the land of smiles and it's never been more appropriate for a country to like 100% represent their motto or whatever you want to call it because literally everybody is smiling. They're so friendly. Oh, I love it. I can't even big it up enough. If you ever get the chance to go to Thailand, grab it with both hands and go. So obviously my first case is of our international series will be Thailand. That's my heart. I love it. One day I hope to retire there. So, you know, early retirement podcasting from Thailand, maybe. Definitely not, but one can dream. So yeah, I think that's us for the day. You know what to do. Follow on Twitter, Instagram and all that jazz. Leave a review if you feel so inclined and I'll see you on the next one. Bye guys.